Hi, and welcome to Connected Conversations for Creatives. I'm your host, Jennifer Carr, and today joining me is self-published author and mom, Savannah Loy. Thank you so much for taking the time to just hang out with me today and just have this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Definitely. We've got a really great conversation ahead of us, but first let's, let's just talk one-on-one here. Tell us about your background, the books you've released, and things that you're currently working on. Ooh, okay. So I have not been asked yes yet on my podcast about background. That's that's a tough one. I grew up in a very traumatic home with lots okay. of trauma, lots of terrible things that happened. Um, I, I'm grateful it did. It's it kind of shaped me to who I was to prepare me for the life that I have today. Um, but I did grow up because of that trauma with no self-worth, <laughs> no confidence, no, I just don't feel like I'm good at anything that I do. And like, I spend my entire life trying to help people and that's where I get my joy. Um, but it makes me self-doubt myself. So, but when I was little to try to endure that, I, um, I read boxcar children, a lot of them, and it kind of just helped me escape and pretend like what was happening wasn't happening. So like they know that there's childhood trauma, but they don't know how severe it is. Um, but it's going to unravel itself coming this fall because of a book I'm going to do. But anyways, so I decided when I was nine years old that I wanted to do that. I wanted to create things for people to escape. I wanted to be just like the author of the boxcar children. And, um, but not feeling good enough and being told you won't do things, you know, kind of played with me. So I kind of just tucked it up and put it in my back pocket. And 25 years later, I had a, I had a dream and I always have crazy dreams. And I'm, I'm a, I was a, I worked as a 911 dispatcher at the police department and a hostage negotiator. And I left that job to run a Christian school as the principal. It's the same training. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> it's a very similar skill set. Like, oh, really? Dealing with teenagers in a Christian school or any school. I mean, it literally, I'm like looking them up and down going, that was a lie. You didn't do that. Okay, let's do some calming techniques here. So let me talk you off that ledge. So yeah, very similar training. Uh, it worked well. But anyways, I would show up to school and every day for opening assembly, I said, you guys, I had this dream and I would get so many eye rolls like, oh, here we go. What are you going to say? Because I just, I have very vivid, colorful, crazy dreams. So I woke up one day and I was like, mom, Jordan, that's my husband. You got to hear about this dream. And my husband said, I'm done. That's enough. Savannah, write a book. You've wanted to do it your whole life. You talk about it. You have all these ideas, just write a book. And I'm like, I just can't do it. But he aggressively pushed me in a loving way and so my my debut book came out in October and then I did a children's book in December and then the sequel to my debut is coming out in just a couple of weeks so it's pretty I'm in two anthologies this year and then I hope to have my first of a serial killer series out in the fall so it's been crazy a crazy ride oh no doubt um I love that you're your past was kind of an inspiration for you because a lot of times our past can become such an obstacle for us. You know, we have to, we have to really push through some of those issues sometimes. And, and that's hard because that means maybe letting go of something or revealing a part of yourself to the world that you may not want to, to share with anybody else. So um, I, I love that you let your past push you forward instead of hold you back. Like that's, that's huge. Thank you. Yeah. I don't talk about it just because like if people see me in this, like when people meet me, they would think, oh, cookie cutter, picture perfect mm-hmm. life handed to her. It's just, I don't walk around going, hey, I had trouble past, you know what I mean? Or, hey, I went through because I know that in this world, unfortunately, people go through something terrible every day. 
And a lot of people have it worse than what I had it. Mm-hmm. Even though mine was pretty bad, it wasn't as bad as the next person's. And even though all of my trauma came at the hand of my stepfather and my brother, my stepbrothers, but what happened to my stepbrothers was 10 times harder than what I went through. So it's like, I just weighed in the balance. I just always told myself growing up that this can't be what there is to life. Like there has to be something better. Like I won't be a statistic. I won't let this burn me. I'm going to make something of myself despite this. So I just kind of use it to propel me forward. And, and I've used it. I don't walk around talking about it, but if I see the opportunity to help somebody because of it, then, then I'm like, okay, this is why this happened. Cause I can help so many people because of it. Absolutely. I have, I have that same exact conviction that we have stories for a reason. Like we are given the story we're given for a reason because we are meant to share that story with someone, even if it's one person, right? There, there is somebody out there who needs to hear our story and how we got through it. Um, that was, that was true for our family as well. In a lot of ways we had, um, we had a massive, uh, failed adoption under our belt that it, like it hit hard. And when it hit hard, um, it impacted us financially, emotionally, spiritually, like all the things. And I didn't think I would ever recover from it, but it became one of those situations where our story was able to reach out to another family who was in the same process in the same country, um, you know, facing similar things. And when they came back stateside, we were able to connect with them and they faced a massive loss after an adoption um, uh, with one of their biological children. And like, we were able to make that connection with them because we had a story inside of us, you know, that loss and that kind of thing. So yeah, you're given your story for a reason. Um, And I won't say that it's selfish not to share, but at the same time, if you know it can help somebody, I mean, good for you. That's fantastic. I'm glad that you found that courage to share it. Thank you. Definitely. So are you, you're self-published? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. And it's hybrid, but okay. So okay. I use a company that just does all your services up front for you. You pay everything up front, but you keep all the royalties. You keep everything. It's not traditional. So I would got very overwhelmed trying to find all the peoples. <laughs> There's so much being a reader. Somebody called me out for saying this once before on a podcast, but being a reader doesn't prepare you to be an author in the sense that there's so many things I had no idea about as far as publishing goes. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you like tell stories and things like that if you're if you're an avid reader but like the this side of it this author side oh I hadn't had no idea I didn't think it was just sit behind a computer write a story I knew it was hard work that's not what I'm saying but there's so many steps conversions ISBN all these different ASI all these things and I'll be honest because because of my lack of confidence when I started looking at doing it you got to hire this person hire this person editor I can't self-edit I don't edit I don't edit any of my stuff I send it to somebody raw. Like I can't, because of my doubt, if I try to read my stuff, I'll go, it's not good enough. And I'll just hit delete and it will never get out there. So, uh, so hiring everybody. So I started looking, started making spreadsheets of everybody. And I just, I got very overwhelmed. And I told my husband, I don't think I can do this. There's too many steps. And I don't understand what half of these things mean. So I found a company who just does it all for you. You pay one-time fee up front and they do everything through the process. And then she also offers trainings each month and I'm like that's what I need I need training on how to be a better author so and she does like monthly meetups with you on the computer like to walk you through the process so you're not getting overwhelmed so she kind of like handholds you through the process so um so instead of paying everybody individually as the steps came I you just pay everything up front and then go through the process nice I've heard a lot about hybrid publishing and it's not something that um that there's a lot of talk about, right? Because there's, there's such a, you're either self-published or you're traditionally published and like, there's not a lot of option in between. Um, So that is very intriguing to, to kind of 
hear that from somebody who's been through it. Cause I have heard of hybrid publishing, but I've not, I've not looked into it enough. So is it something well, I, that you would say? Yeah. Well, okay. So I would say, be careful because mm -hmm. I, when I was looking into it, I was saying like you, you know, you query agents, that's what you do. And I did that. I did that for 102 rejections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I did. Um, so, and then it was like, okay, self-published. That's the only other option. So I did a training on publishing. I did a, like a training course on how to publish self-publish successfully. And they mentioned hybrid publishing. Well, I always get a lot of feedback. Oh, that's vanity. They're just taking your money. You're not getting mm -hmm. product. So that was concerning. Um, so when I met this specific company, I use global book publishing. I asked so many questions and the very first thing I said to her was, I need to know that this isn't going to be a scam. Like, I understand you're going to do editing. I need to see a bright breakdown for what I'm paying for editing. I wonder how much you're paying for cover, book trailer, everything that I'm paying for. I want to see what it is and the deadlines and stuff. And she said, well, I'll do you one better. I'm going to send you a contract. And I said, oh, well, that makes me feel safe. You know, a contract. Because I heard a lot of vanity publishing, but vanity places, they won't take it. So when people hear hybrid, I think they automatically go to vanity because there are a lot out there. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of research on this company. And I also found, I looked them up on Amazon and found authors that have published them. And I reached out to those authors and I said, hey, nice. is, this, is this legit? And, she, and the, the CEO has her own books published on Amazon. So when I actually saw books being published by the company, by authors and found them on Facebook, saw that they were actually doing events and they seemed happy and communicated to them. So she, I think you have to be careful because I think there are a lot of vanity out there stealing money from authors claiming to be hybrid. And I, I haven't, when I was searching for hybrid, I didn't find a lot that seemed trustworthy, but yeah. this, this one's good. Nice. Thanks for sharing the information. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, just because I know that for some people it's true. Like it's a lot, you have to have the business mindset, right? Like you have people who are writers and then you have people who are authors and th there is a slight difference, right? Because writers, they have the words, but then the authors, they, they're the ones that have to get their words sold. You know, you have to sell. And so you have to have a business mindset or at least the prowess to go find um, those who can help you in the business side of things, because it is definitely an entrepreneurial um, task at hand. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the one thing I like about the CEO. She says she's trying to make me an authorpreneur. She doesn't want an me to entrepreneur. Yeah. She wants me to make money in my sleep is what she said. But a lot of them, like even like going on sites that people use that I know that they use like Fiverr and things like that. I was reading so many stories from people going, I gave them $600 for a cover. I still don't have my cover. It's been six months or I got my cover and it looks like child yes. art. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want to put out professional product from the beginning. So I just wanted to feel safe in the process. And I knew I needed a guide and she was so wonderful to work with that. I haven't left yet. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that is something that, um, especially because, uh, you have multiple children. You said six kids. You have six kids at home. I do. Yeah. yeah. You don't have time to like running a business is hard when you have no kids, you know, that was, that's, I've always been my own boss. Like I've always had my own businesses. Um, then we had a kid and it's like, where's that extra time go? There is no time. And you add another kid to that. I can't imagine, you know, adding <laughs> five more and still being able to maintain your family and your business. That's hard. Plus we're a foster family. So we aren't just parents. The state is That's involved. totally different. Yeah. Us, our agency. We have so many visitors each month, just checking on us as parents. It's like, you can't even parent yet. Like we, we've been doing this for eight years. So we have, we have no idea what it's like to 
just parent like a normal family because there's so many hands in our cookie jar uh, with our parenting. So once I don't sleep, really, that's I added this onto my lap. I also am a part time marketing manager for social media company. So I um, I just don't sleep. I just yeah, that's why it's overrated. Yeah, I mean, you know, no big deal. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You you can sleep when you're dead. It is what it is. It's I fine. Say. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what has been your biggest challenge as an author so far? I think what we're going to talk about the quitting. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to say it a hundred times. I'm just not going to do this. And, and, um, I had somebody come at me one time, like pretty aggressively. And it was, it was, it was a shock to me because I'm a very, I'm a people pleaser. I, I don't like people to be upset. If I've offended you, I'd rather you just come talk to me about it. I don't do complication well. And I knew going into it, there was going to be a world of people who are negative. Like that's the book industry. Like it's subjective. Like you've said it, you know, one, one, somebody's going to love your book. Somebody's going to hate your book. It's just, it is what it is. And all of the grades are that way too. It's not really you, but preparing yourself for that and thinking you're prepared for that. And then seeing it firsthand is tough. Mm. And then I have an extreme amount of mom guilt because I I don't do, I don't do for me. I don't do for me. So this is this, this dream right here is 100%. I'm doing this for me. And like, there's no, there's no financial, (laughs) we're going to be in the red for a long time is what I'm trying to say. And it's not bringing money into the home. It's drained our life savings. And every time, as much as I love like the podcast and all these book events that I'm doing, I love it, but I feel like "Mm, my kids are at home without me. Like, I only have so much time with them. So surviving the quitting days has been, you know, and that one bad review or that one tear down from somebody, that's, that's been the toughest thing because I don't have that confidence and going, is this really worth it? Is, and I, so it's really hard to just have to keep focusing on what my end goal is and, you know, celebrating the small victories as they happen. Yeah, no kidding. So what has helped you push through those times? Like when quitting looked like the most obvious answer, like what was it that pushed you through? So it's funny because what makes me want to quit a lot of times is what I feel for my children. I feel like I'm losing with my children, but at the same time, I feel like that a support system is key. So mm-hmm. my husband is a huge support and like, I didn't even have social media before July of last year. Like I was not on anything. And now like, I, I'm like that mom that I, that I don't, I'm just like, you know, constantly my phone marketing. Cause now I run book. I, I'm in for a book group. I run a book group. I'm doing all these events. I've got all this marketing going on. And um, so I just, I feel guilty. So what, what's pushed me through is just my husband being the calm, like really like, it's okay. We're going for this reassurance from him. And then the readers that do say nice things, like, you know, I, I, I want, I have an end goal. My end goal honestly is, and, and I had this, somebody said something about, oh, you just want fame and money. No, I want money. I just want to break even. I don't want this to cost my family. First of all, I'm not trying to, you know, get rich. I mean, if it happens, cha-ching, it happens, but I'm not, you know, that's not the goal. Um, fame. I do want fame, but I only want fame because I love writing. And if I could ever get to where writing pays for itself, then I'm happy. But I really want my name to be so known that people want me to come and speak because I want to speak to a whole host of the world and show them that broken can still be beautiful. I came from a very dark place. When people hear my story, like the true story, they're flabbergasted. But look at me now. I'm an author. I'm a successful author. I'm doing well. I'm doing what I love. And look at my six kids. And five of my six kids 
come from very broken places. They come from foster care and some of them have some very, very terrible things that have happened to them. And I'm trying to show my kids that, look, dreams can happen. Your past doesn't define you. So let's go for this and don't wait 25 years because that's how long I waited. And honestly, I'm still young. I'm 35, but still <laughs> it's a lot harder to balance this. And if I would have started when I was younger. So I, there's, it, it's just all of that. I try to just keep all that in my, keep a perspective that I have a dream and I have a goal and I'm doing this at the end of the day for me, I'm doing it for myself, but I am doing it for others. So I just kind of have to shake off the negativity and focus on what, what I'm really here to do and why I'm doing it. And again, the support system around you is key. I've met some incredible people who push me along the way. And it just seems like a reader says the right thing at the right time to kind of help, you know, get over that negativity. So and just, and just preparing yourself mentally every day. Hey, today you may see something negative and that's okay. That's their opinion. It doesn't define you. And I've, I've had to learn that very hard and very quick because I've only been published for six months and I've had to kind of change my mentality about the negativity that comes towards me and remember that it's their opinion and it's completely fine. They can have that opinion. It doesn't make me who I am and keep pushing forward. Definitely. Um, forming a community is huge. Like it, you have to have a community that surrounds you. Um, and, and I've said this time and time, I wouldn't be surprised if I went back and listened to every episode again that I have put out with somebody else. We have both come to the conclusion that you will, you, you be yourself, be authentic and put the real you out there. And you're going to attract the people that deserve the you that you're putting out there, right? Like you're going to attract your tribe and they're going to add value to your life and you're going to add value to theirs. And if they don't add value, they are clearly not your people. You know, like you have to make sure that you're only inviting people in who can add that value. Um, and that's true for your publisher or your editor or anybody that you bring into your circle. And don't be afraid to say, I got boundaries and you're crossing them and we're done. Um, yeah. Because you have to protect what's yours because what happens here bleeds over into every part of your life, whether it's your writing or your family or whatever. Um, you have to make sure that you are protecting what's most important to you before um, you go out there because people are mean. You have to be able to, to put up a little guardrail there and say, we're good now. Yeah. I read uh, somebody bashing. Um, it's really sad for me when authors bash authors too. And I will say, and I, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but KDP has made it possible for anybody to be an author and you don't have to write well. And that's why this industry is, I think, more tough now than it was maybe 15 years ago, because when you went the traditional way, you know, it was being vetted, you know, your work was being vetted, but I mean, anybody can publish. And when I started out at first, I, I thought, oh, I'll just do author swaps with people. Like, hey, you're new, I'm new. Let's buy each other's book and give each other a review. That was the mistake. In the kindest way possible, that was the mistake because I had a book that was given to me and I gave them my parameters, what I'm comfortable reading, what I'm not comfortable reading, et cetera, et cetera. They did not stick to those parameters. That was not true. I think they just wanted to sell for me and hope that would do a review. And then the writing was just, it was tough to get through. I was just like, if I endorse this, people may question me as a writer. And so the industry became so much tougher, but I saw somebody saying, you know, if you're, if you're an author and you don't have thick skin, get out of the industry, you're stupid. And I'm like, okay, I don't have thick skin, but I can, I can balance it and I can work through it. But I understand what they were saying. Like, it's a tough, tough industry and you have to put on those steel toe boots because you're going to get stepped on every day. I mean, I literally got like... <laughs> I don't know, like a, a five-star review where they were saying, 
my book was like a modern day 1984 by George Orwell, but in the most unique way. And I was like, wow, I've never read 1984, but you know the story. Like, you know, like it's well known. Like, so that for me was a huge compliment. And then literally like an hour later, somebody was like, oh, I couldn't get through the first three chapters. I DNF that. I'm like, oh, okay. That was my first DNF. That was... (laughs) only person that I've seen said that but it was like man that came on the tail end of what I thought was like ah best compliment ever and it was like okay that's, now we're the, humble. Writing. <laughs> that's the writing industry ladies and gentlemen it is and you know what like and that, and that's the thing because there are some books that everybody raves about them and I read them and I'm like ooh, well that was not for me you know yeah. that's we'll just leave it it was not for me um I had somebody give me a three-star review because they didn't realize it was a, um, a Christian suspense, romantic suspense. And I was like, um, it's pretty obvious. Like, it's pretty clear. That's what it is. Um, especially if you read anything about me, if you read my profile, anything like that, it's pretty clear. That's what I write. Um, and she gave me three stars for it. And I was like, that was her reason for it. I'm like, you know, that was not a good enough, just put it down and, and just, act like you never read it because it's not a bad book if it's in your genre but again it's it was her opinion on a certain yeah. genre and yeah whatever yeah, it I is a hard a, industry I though a review that said I didn't hate this book has a great plot but I just didn't feel like there was enough development of characters I'm like oh okay I mean that's constructive I see why you Okay, so maybe I could have. And then literally the very next review I got was five star. The most amazing buildup of characters. And I felt with the characters. I loved them. I, I could feel them. I was there. And I'm like, okay, I don't, never mind. Never mind. I was like, what do you do with that? Like, okay. I know. And, and it's so wishy washy. And so, yeah, it's, you have to be able to subject yourself to other people's opinions and you have to be able to sort out what matters and what doesn't. Um, Otherwise you will, you will find yourself sad and depressed quite regularly. Um, And so that is hard. So also, you know, and don't, don't build your community with yes, men, you know, don't build your community with people who are always going to tell you how fabulous it is and never tell you how to improve. Um, But you need those couple of people like, like you have a supportive husband. I have a supportive husband. Like he is my biggest cheerleader. And I'm just like, let's do this. You know, as long as he says, let's do this, I'm in it to win it. Let's go. You know, that's, you've got to have that at least one person who's always going to be like, you've got this. Yeah. I met a, I met a reader who fell in love with the book and she's a huge indie supporter. She's, she's amazing. She's just like an angel. I tell her all the time, but she sent me um, this tumbler of my book and sent me, sent me um, magnets of my books and like a puzzle. And like, she's like, I never thought I would have author Mel like that's cool you know so like I just like focus on like that stuff and then if I can glean anything from the negativity like if I can read through the negativity and go could I have done something was it grammar like did I miss something was it an editing thing uh okay maybe more character development okay but if 90% are saying characters are great okay maybe she just didn't gel well so I try to glean what I can from the negativity I don't just brush it off like oh you're a hater I don't care about you I try to take everything from everybody but I don't let it get me down like I used to the first two months was hard like Mm -hmm. super super hard I'm I get better every single day doesn't mean that I don't you know pull up that KDP and see zero cells and go that's a tough day but um you know I just I've learned to not let it keep me down it's okay to experience the highs and lows as long as you don't stay in the lows 
Yes, that and that is the biggest thing. That's why you have to have people in your corner sometimes to pick you up, to remind you that this does not define who you are. You know, your story is meant for somebody um, and the right people will find it when they need it. Um, I truly believe that because those KDP numbers, they will drive you mad. Like somebody has stopped reading after four pages and I'm like, I keep watching. I'm like, you've only read four pages. What were you doing this evening? Couldn't you pick that back up and read a few more pages? <laughs> you're really killing me here. It's been like three days. Did you really not? It's not that good. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm not on KU and I'm glad I don't see pages where I like, I don't want to see that. I, um, but I used to check it like literally every hour, like mm -hmm. have I sold a book? Did what's mm -hmm. my rank at? Now I'm like, you know what? I don't do that. Like I literally pulled my computer up yesterday and I'm like, oh, I have two new five-star reviews. That's cool. So it's, it's healthier that way. I, it's better to have a surprise like every few days than to drive myself mad with it. I was literally, it was becoming an, a, a horrible addiction and not like just terrible. It was just too obsessive to, to just, and there's no real benchmark. Nobody tells you that as an author. I ask every author, how do you know if you're doing good in this industry? There's no real answer. There's, there, is there a sales quota? Is there a monthly? Is there reviews? Is there, nobody can give me a straight up answer. So, you know, I get asked all the time. Somebody asked me who's very close to me and who I love very dearly. And I know he didn't mean it in a negative way, but he said, at what point do you realize that you're not like successful and you give up? I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, well, I said, I don't do this full time. This is not a lot I do with my life. I, so I said, so I, I don't think until I can be a full-time author, I could tell you that because until I can give 110% to this dream, I don't feel like I'm, you know, like you can't gauge like, and I said, and I think most people will say like 10 years. I said, so I'll check back with you in 10 years. But it was like, it was so disheartening because it was like basically saying, hey, you're, when do you realize you're not good enough to keep doing this? <laughs> and I was like, well, there's not a, there's not a benchmark. No, but not one person has ever been able to tell me this, you hit this number, you're good. Cause I don't think, I don't think there is one for people. No. And that, that's not how goals work, right? If you have a goal to tell a story and you've told a story, then you've met that goal and it's time to set a new goal. And if it's to tell another story, then by all means, if you have a goal to sell 10 books and you hit 10 books, you have hit your goal. Like you have to, you have to understand that as an author, as individuals, it does not matter what business you're in. Um, people set goals because they have desires, they have passions. Um, so you set that goal, you work towards that goal. And if you've hit it, you're successful. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody gets to tell you what your level of success is based on what they think you should have achieved. If you have met your goal, you are successful. Yeah, 100%. I had one person I told I want, I would love to hit a thousand copies sold by my one year mark. And they told me, that's too lofty. Nope. That's not, that's not a good goal for a new author to have. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you then. I don't, <laughs> I'm like, if, hey. do not let anybody. And, and this is not, I'm not just saying this for you, but nobody is allowed to set a goal for you. You know, like that is unrealistic for somebody else to be setting goals for you. You set your own goals. You work at whatever pace it takes to meet that goal. If you fall short, okay. But if you know that you've done everything in your power to get as close to that goal as you can, even if it's not succeeded, like I would count that as, as success because you know that you have put in the effort, you have put in the work and you have, you've done what you were able to do. Um, 
you know, it, if it's something that's going to suck your soul dry, if it's something that's going to require all of your time and attention, it's probably not a worthwhile goal anyway. Um, but I don't think that's a terrible goal at all, especially if you can break it down and say, okay, I know that I can make really good sales in March during spring break. I know that I can make really good sales in May when everybody's headed for the beach, you know, whatever, um, focus on those drive towards it. And, and let that be, I don't know. I can't believe somebody would have the gall to say that you can't do that. I think again, they were trying to be like encouraging, you know, like give me advice. They're, they're, they're an author too and have several books out. And so I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think that most of the people, I don't really think, I do know there is a host of people out there who like to be mean to people, like trolls, you know, they just like to be spiteful and hateful. They just, they, they, that's something they enjoy in life. But I feel like a lot of people, they're just trying to give me like, you know, good sound advice. And I just, you know, a lot of times I go, did you hear what you just said? Like run it through a couple of times before you you say what you're going to say. So I think she was trying to be helpful. I think she was afraid that I would be disappointed if I didn't hit that. And she was just saying, yo, that's too big of a goal. You shouldn't do that. You're a brand new author. That's not going to happen for you. And so I was like, oh, okay, well then I don't, (laughs) but that's, that's, I have that number in my head and I I really want to hit that. And I'm at, I'm at 760 online orders now. So I feel like between now and October, it's, it's attainable. It's very attainable. It is absolutely attainable. And I think a lot of times people will, they give that advice based on their own experience, but I'm sorry, your experience and mine are two totally different things. You know, they, (laughs) so let's just cheer each other on and be happy for each other and be like, that's the goal you want to set. Then you just check in with me every day and let's celebrate together every time you've made a sale. You know what I mean? Every time I see somebody do somebody good, like there's a guy who has a book that's very dystopian right now. And so people would view him as my competitor, if you will, because we both have a unique dystopian and we've both been said, oh, y'all have unique dystopians. And he just made number one in his category on Amazon and he but he's 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 coined as his horror not dystopian so but anyways he made number one in his category he's like four thousand in the Kindle store which is huge like that's crazy and I'm I told him congratulations I'm so happy for you man and he's like yes. I can't I said I was celebrating my fifty thousand in the Kindle store but I'm happy because I am I'm happy for anybody who has success in life like you don't I'm not bitter about it like I, I want everybody to do well you know for for what they're trying to do and that's not just books like in generally, I want the world to be happy, you know what I mean? Like, and successful. <laughs> Especially if they're putting in the work, right? If they are putting in the effort if, and you know the grind that it takes to get to that point, like, let's celebrate it. Now, if you're going to cheat your way to the top, I'm sorry. I'm not going to cheer you on. <laughs> I do have my limits. That is true. Um, but I do, I, I have met a really lot of cool authors who are, and you know, I love that you use that word because me and my uh, marketing boss talk about the time. It is a grind. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the appropriate word for this. Like it is a daily grind, like, it is. and it's tough. It is, it, you wouldn't think like, there's always the memes, like what I think I look like I do, what people think that I do. And I think that people just expect that we just sit around and play on our phones all day, but it is like, it is very strategic trying to the right post at the right time and say the right thing and not come off a certain way and put your book out there and spend the money. And what's a good deal? Where are you going to get ripped off? I mean, there's so much. And, and I'm barely scratching the surface of this. Like I'm such, I call myself a small potato all the time because I'm so new. I'm such a small potato. I don't know what I'm doing. And like, I'm doing an anthology for the first time and all these experienced authors keep like throwing out all these acronyms and saying things. And I'm just over here like, I don't know what any of those. Need to Google that. Like literally, like not even really book terms too. Somebody's like, well, uh, Savvy, you could have your PA do that. And I was like, 
PA. And they're like, you're like, they're like your personal assistant. I said, oh, oh yeah, I don't have one of those guys. And they're like, oh really? I said, unless I can pay them in Oreos, I am my own personal assistant. So, um, but anyways, just throwing out things. And so I'm just like, whoa, I have no idea how much there still is to learn in this industry. So it's, it's, it's exhausting. I mean, it's exciting too. It's exciting and exhausting. It's both the X words. <laughs> it is. It's, and it's, it's a good, it's a good place to be. If you are passionate about telling stories, if you are passionate about um, growing an audience, if you're passionate about bringing together a community based on similar love for reading, you know, and writing and those kinds of things, like, but you have to want it. The statistics, um, they are not really great for authors because yeah. I think it's, you know, like one in a thousand will actually publish a book. And then after that, it goes even lower, the number of people who publish a second book and even lower for the next book. And so, you know, yeah, technically it is a big, uh, a big C and you can feel like a little fish in it, but if you keep doing it, you're eventually going to be the big fish because people fall away after a certain amount of time anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I have, I have big dreams. I, I, I don't do anything small. And so I have big dreams for it. So it just, my big dreams outweigh the quitting moments right now. You know what I mean? Like it's still, it's still there for me. And I just, every time I look at my kids and what they've gone through and what we've overcome as a family, it's like, okay, we did this. I can do this. I can, I can, I can face this industry. I just wish it wasn't as expensive as it is for me because it's not even just the publishing side of it. It's like the events and the banners and the marketing stuff and the, all these things I didn't know I needed to have and a custom table runner is going to cost me $70. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what's happening right now? (laughs) So expensive. It is so expensive. It is that. and, And I tell you the first time I got, um, the contract from my first editor is like, Oh, okay. It's like, you take installment payments. Right. And I mean, like it was a good nine months process. And I was glad we had those nine months together because it took all nine months for me to be like, I can pay you now. Like, cause it, but she took my work from here to here. And it's not a relationship that I would trade for the world. Like she, she did it for me now, granted, um, I found a slightly less expensive editor the second time around who may happen to be my sister who was amazing. And I finally convinced her it was a good idea to work with me. (laughs) And so there's a friends and family discount there. Um, But yeah, you know, but it's still, I mean, it's still an investment. You have to be willing to invest and it's not just time, but it's also money and energy. Yeah. And it depends on where you want to be. Like I have a great author friend, great dear friend that I've met through this process. And I mean, like such good friend. She's like, bring your family to the farm kind of friend. And, you know, she's like, I just want books out there. Like if I'm not a big author, okay. I just want books out there. And so she, she, she has a a minimum she'll spend, you know what I mean? And she's fine for hitting a certain bracket and stuff. So um, it just depends on what you, where you want to take your author you know, you're authoring where, where you want to, how big you want to go. And, and like, for me too, I know this sounds so weird, but I see a lot of authors in my book group who they, you know, didn't want to spend a lot of money in the beginning. So just threw stuff together, didn't hire a great editor, but they did some editing and they put it out there, but then they blew up and now they're coming back and doing recovers and read all of this and all of that. I don't want to have to do it again. <laughs> I just don't. I would like to just have a good product in the beginning and like, don't touch it. It's good. You've got the OG cover. We're good. We don't need to do everyone. Like I'm, I'm good with it. So I, um, yeah, I invest a little bit more up front, but it, it is a lot of money, but I just, I really want to, you know, a great product that a uh, first class and that's like, that's 
if I had to go against a big name right now, my book could stand against a big name as far as yeah. editing and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So um, that it's just a lot. I had no idea going into it. I, I'm glad I went the way that I did though, because it was like your editor lets you do installments. My editor, like hand, you know, sues me to handheld me through every, okay, today, this is what we're going to do. Here's your schedule. You're going to do this and you're going to accomplish this. And here's the training that's going to help you do it. And that was very much, it, it helped ease me into an industry that I wasn't ready prepared for. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, for all the listeners out there that if your goal is to go from writer to author, like you need to be prepared to invest in the business because it is a business and you have to be willing to put in the time to grow your business. Um, it is, it is very helpful to take um, some maybe some entrepreneurial courses, some, um, some trainings that will help you start a business, some how to do your ads, how to, you know, find the right people to help you through this business and do your research and do it thoroughly. Um, because you have to develop a strategic marketing plan. I'll tell you what, that is one thing that I did not do on round one. I did not have a good marketing plan in place. And I, the people who do the marketing up front, um, there's a reason that marketing and advertising is such a big business. It's because it works and people keep doing it. Um, so that's another side of the coin. Like what, what do you do for marketing? What's your, do you, did you have a marketing plan going into things? Um, mm, to an extent we did a pre-order, um, in July, July 1st, I believe it was coming out in October. So, uh, she, I did a lot of training on marketing. And so I literally joined every book group that I could think of on Facebook that, fit my niche. I ran an Amazon ad, um, which I honestly, I have not really seen a lot of success from my Amazon ads. Um, so I'm not probably going to invest in them anymore because it's just money that I feel like I'm not even recouping at this point. But so I honestly, I, I, <laughs> I stalked the book groups because there, there are, a, there are a, there's, I was actually refreshed to see how many people still love to read. Like it is a community. So I got on all the things that you can get on. I got on the LinkedIn and the TikTok and I, everything, everything that you can get on, I got on. And I literally just cyber stalk people. So I will just scroll through posts. And if I see somebody who wanted dystopian, boom, I recommended my book. And I just like relentlessly put myself out there, created graphics that were eye-catching, created video reels, anything to do, hashtag SEO'd myself like crazy. And my pre-order, I think I had 142 pre-orders. So um, the excuse me to one in 300, I felt, oh, that's a big goal. And everybody told me that's, that's too many, but I had 142 and I was, I was happy with that. Um, as a start, you know, in October, it looked nice when all of a sudden overnight you had 142 orders. That was pretty cool. Um, but it's, it's like you said, it's a daily grind. And I do notice every day that I get on a book group, I try to, I now try to balance it. Like I give myself, okay, I'm going to give myself one hour and I'm going to find 10 people to recommend my book to. And that's it. Um, because before I would spend so much time into the night, just frantically trying but on the days that I don't do it at all like I didn't do it at all yesterday didn't even look on a group to mention my book didn't post about myself didn't post and I don't just post about my book like I just I post about me I want people to know who I am and a lot of times I've had people who like resonated with me so they want to check out what I wrote you're a cool person let me see what you wrote let me see what you have going on but the days that I don't post and the days that I don't find somebody to recommend my book to I have zero sales the days that I do it for at least an hour I have at least one or two sales so it's, you know, it's slow, it's slow sand in the, in the time capsule, but it's still, it's still forward progress. Definitely. And, and you will find, um, once people are a 
attached to you and your work, they come back for subsequent work. You know, the books that you put out or the bonuses that you put out or resources that you put out, whatever it is. Like once you've made that connection, they typically become an audience for life, a reader for life. You know, they're, they're attached to you. Therefore they're attached to your work. Yeah. The difference. So when reset came out and I didn't have any following, you know, I did it as a 99 cent free order and I had 142 and not, well, I didn't make 99 cents, but you know, that many, 140 people said, I'll throw a dollar at you to see, you know what I mean? And I don't know if there's, there's, there's a good chance that 90% of the people who bought my book is still sitting on their TBR. Let's just be real. Like that's just, that's also the author life, which is why reviews are so hard to get because a lot of people don't get to it. Um, but when I did Reborn came out, which is coming out, I did a pre-order and I did a bundle and it's pre-order at the full price, $20 for the book. And I did $10 for reset as a special. And I have right now between both books that people have bought as the pre-order, I think 62 that I'm going to be signing and sending out as soon as so. So 62, you know, like 45 of those are reborn at $20, a big difference in a hundred people at, you know, 30 cents that I got yes. off. So it, it has created a following and it has created people who are like, you know what, I loved it. Let me get the second one. So it's, it's been, that's been really, really great to see people continue because that's what you want. You want to write one and you want them to want to read the next one. So it's like, okay, yay. At least 62 people wanted to continue with me. <laughs> that's great. And then that's not even counting the new ones that you will pull in eventually, at the, you know, and, and that's, it takes years for your first book to go big. Usually. I mean, unless you have a huge publishing house behind you, it takes years because you have to get your own name out there. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, who am I, but some girl in rural Alabama, you know, that <laughs> it, it's, I don't have a huge audience here where I am reading is not, yeah. I mean, people read, but it's not their favorite pastime. So I have to move outside of my area. <laughs> I have a city of a hundred thousand and the lady who did our, the first author that I ever did said she wanted to do one in my city one time and she did, and they had nobody come. And I move in this city of a hundred thousand people. Nobody came to a book event. So it's, it's, it's not easy. It is not easy to market. And I, I do know that there is no sleep in marketing. You sleep and you, you, you've been forgotten about. You have to stay relevant and you have to continue posting and consistency is key to marketing. Now I, now I do marketing for a company and yeah, that was crazy. It's the company that I hired to help me in the beginning to tell me what to do for marketing. And I fired her and she hired me. So she taught me everything she knew. So I didn't need her anymore. I work for Cryer and Co. And so now I, we take on clients and I do marketing now. And it's just literally, I look at the analytics. You can't stop. Like you just can't. It's, the world is so fast moving and technology is so there. You have to stay relevant. And the only way to do that is to not stop. And so it is a it is, like I said, it's a grind. Like you said, it's a grind. <laughs> it is. And so that means you need to go into it with a plan. And I have found that having a plan on the front end, um, it keeps you from hitting those brick walls that make you go, I can't do this anymore. Like I am done. I'm tired. I'm burned out. You know, um, that I have, I have done network marketing for years. Like I have been in network marketing for probably 10 years um, with not books. I have never marketed books before. And it's a different ball game. Like you kind of have to find, you have to find your niche, right? Like there's, that's a totally different um, racehorse that you've got to, to mount. But, um, but 
that I would, I would suggest that network marketing courses and, and, and training and stuff like that would be a really good place to start. Um, if you've never done this kind of marketing before, because, you know, you, you don't necessarily need to go get a degree in marketing. Um, if you have one, then you should definitely have an advantage over some of us, but, um, network marketing is because this is what authorship is. It's building a network of people, a community of resources, that kind of thing, which is, that's the whole point of this platform here is that we can connect with one another. And I can say, Hey, Here's an author who not only does she have books that you should read, but she does marketing, you know, like we now have that connection and I can now connect you with other people and vice versa. And so um, you have to build a network. You have to have a community. You need to um, build your toolbox full of these resources that hopefully we're making easily available to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. And I, I understand like when you hit a certain status as an author, like, you're busy and, but I also know, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a way, in a negative hmm. way, but I also know if I had a certain status as an author, some of the things that I'm doing, I wouldn't be doing anymore. You know what I mean? Like people would be doing some of the things that I'm doing. And so one thing that I really, I've challenged myself is that if I ever can get to that status, like I want to be open to little authors coming up and spree, I've reached out to, and I won't say names, authors that are very close to me. I'm talking 45 minutes for me that are huge authors that I know could carve out 45 minutes for lunch. You know what I mean? And it's just crickets. Like I haven't even had their PR person respond back and say, I'm so sorry, she can't do that. She's too busy. You know what I mean? Like just don't even respond back. And I just, I want to make, like you said, myself available. Like I try to respond to every reader, every email, every message right now. And I, and I don't ever want to get so big that I can't do that. Cause that's the part that I enjoy. That's getting me through these small moments. You know what I mean? So I do, I want to be that source for people. If I ever was big, so when there is a new author coming up, go, like, Hey, let, let me zoom with you real quick. Let me give you an hour of my day and tell you it's going to be okay. And how I got through, I, I want, I want to be able to do that for people if I ever hit that status. Well, and you know, even if you don't hit a certain status, just knowing, you know, just being there for another author will mean the world to them, right? Like even if, because you are a published author um, and for someone who may not be a published author, that's going to be, that's going to speak volumes to them that you have taken the time out because honestly, we're, we're thinking, you're, you may be thinking of people who have been in the business for so long and they have, you know, big old massive books, but a published author is just as successful their first book as they are their 12th book because they did the work and got their book published, you know, so don't discount your worth and your value because you can still, even if you haven't sold a hundred thousand books, you can still add value to another author's life just by saying, I am here for you and you are doing a great job. Oh, I do it now. In fact, I just, my publishing company is, this may be under wraps. I don't know. We're talking about me potentially being a book coach, like professional nice. with them to help them. And so I already do it now, like, but I just, I don't ever want to get too big that I don't continue to do it. You know what I mean? Like I just always want people to know, oh, hey, reach out to that Savannah person. She can help you. Like, I just want to be known for that. Like, that's where I get sure. my happiness from. Definitely. I get that. Making an impact on people. Um, it, it matters. Uh, and I think that it's good for you to be able to make that impact, but it also is good for the person you're impacting. Um, well, I know that mom life is calling. I know because it's that time of evening. Um, so before we wrap this up, do you have any advice or encouragement for anybody out there listening? Yeah, I think we've hit on it so much, but I do. I just, I just want to say like, just don't give up. If this is your dream, if this is something you want to do, like it doesn't matter don't, don't rate your success by somebody else. Yes. Don't give up and then find yourself at least one or two people who are going to help you along the way. 
positive and negative feedback as long as they're doing it from a place of love and trying to help you. And just, I, I don't do this last step very well, but I, I tell, preach it to everybody, believe in yourself and what you're trying to do and, and, and be open, be open to being better. As long as you're always open to being better and you're going for it, you can survive those quitting days because you'll have the support that you need around you for sure. Definitely. Thank you so much, Savannah, just for being here. Like, I'm so grateful we had this opportunity to like sit down and just connect. Um, and I cannot wait to see where you land in this big wild process. Um, I know it's, I know you're going to do great. I know great things are headed your way. Um, and I just, I, yeah, I wish you all the best. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, like don't hesitate to reach out. I don't know what it would be, but I will gladly do whatever I can for you. Thanks so much. And I can't wait to have you in our group next month for our spotlight author. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, let me leave uh, our listeners with just a few words. Um, keep writing and never lose sight of your dreams. Uh, it, it's as simple as that. Just, just keep writing and never lose sight of your dreams. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show uh, and have one of these connected conversations about your work or the world of creativity or art in general, check out the link in the show notes where you'll also find all of Savannah's information and some free resources that I have there for you. And in the meantime, go be creative, be authentic, and take advantage of opportunities to make authentic connections. <laughs>